When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Abject madness in the playoffs. How did the Celtics let it happen? How did the Warriors let it happen? Plus, the NFL schedule and never trust a quarterback that won't eat a hamburger. Oh, we're ready. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. Smart will inbound, link to the floor to go. Full court pressure from the Bucks. Smart into Horford to the foul line. Hand back to Smart. Smart. Lost it at half court. Oh. Stolen by Drew Holiday, of course. Wow. And he will dribble it out as the final horn sounds. 110-107. Milwaukee comes back to win game five. That is how it ended in Boston last night. As called here on ESPN Radio. And I am delighted. To have in my studio today just a terrific player and now an outstanding analyst, my man Amari Stoudemire, who was in with us for Get Up all morning long and good enough to hang out and do some radio with me. Thank you, Amari. No problem. Anytime. I want to talk about how that game finishes. There's so much in it yesterday, but the two plays that Drew Holiday makes at the end, the two defensive plays, first coming off his man and making the block from behind on Marcus Smart. I want to ask you about that play because that's pure freewheeling, right? There's nothing in the defense that suggested that he should be looking for that. Like I, I, It just looks like his instinct takes him to exactly the right spot because he sees the play behind him. Take me through that play because not only the block, but then the presence of mind to throw the ball off of smart out of bounds. That's an unbelievable play by Holiday. Absolutely. You know what? It's, it's the help side defense, first of all, right? Being a help side defense allows you to be in the right positioning and you know in the time of the game and the clock. So you know he's going to shoot the ball eventually. And you're in position now, help side-wise, to make that block shot. And then Bill Russell always said, when you block a shot, keep the ball in, keep the ball in play. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you saw Drew make the block shot, he kept the ball in play and then made the heads-up play to, to throw it off of Marcus Smart and they maintained the basketball, which is, which is important. It's a championship play, right? Like, yep. that's how championships are decided. It's, it's not because someone scores 40, even though Giannis did. It's not because Drew Holiday has the big offensive performance. He had 24. It's because in, when, in the moments in which the game is actually decided, they made the plays, right? And the Celtics did not. The big defensive plays, the big offensive rebound and putback from Portis. Uh, th- when the game was decided, the Bucks made play after play. Absolutely. And that, and that goes to championship pedigree. All the years I played in Phoenix, we had a hard time beating the San Antonio Spurs. Mm-hmm. Why? Because these guys were had, had the championship pedigree. They knew how to handle the business, how, handle their business down the stretch. And as you see with Milwaukee, they're doing the exact same thing. These guys been there, done that, and they have the confidence knowing that, hey, let's not get too out of control. Let's stay focused and stay poised and make the right plays down the stretch. Yes, there was that. And then, of course, there was Steve Nash getting hip-checked into the boards one time <laughs> and, and, and everything that fell out of that. But let's not bring up bad memories. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, RV, and more. In short, a lot of things bundled today at Progressive.com. There is some criticism that I'm seeing a little bit of it on Twitter. We have a bunch of Celtic fans on our staff. They were bringing this up in our early morning meeting today. 
that when that game is decided, the ball is not in Jason Tatum's hands. He has a big night. He has emerged as a legit NBA superstar. Is it fair to be critical or at least a question why doesn't Tatum, one way or another, have the ball in his hands in the last few possessions? Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. I mean, obviously, you know, um, you know, Milwaukee somewhat played the, the defensive strategy is to not not to allow the ball to get to Tatum, mm-hmm. right? That's that's what you want as a Milwaukee Buck defensive team is not to get the ball into their in the, the opposing player's best hand. But at the same time, as an offensive team as Boston, you should know that and still find a way to get the ball into your best player's hands. And I think that was a slight mistake there for them down the stretch. But I'm sure they'll figure that part out, watch film, and, and try to take care of that next game. Because, again, while I defer to your expertise, it has to be a way. Right? The ball's always in KD's hands late in a game. I'm sure the other team wants to de- deny him the ball. The ball winds up in Steph's hands. It, 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 one way or another, he doesn't have it. And, and then let's talk about Giannis. I'm, I'm just looking at his numbers on our screen here. Again, we're, uh, you can watch our, our show streaming on ESPN Plus every day. Giannis, 40 points, 11 rebounds. He gets the cut over his eye. He's bleeding. He's like Drago out there. Right. I mean, the, the drama of that, <laughs> he has really emerged. How would, you, how would you describe what he is in the NBA right now? Yeah, he's uh, this guy, this guy, man, he's on Mount Olympus. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's one of those guys where it's, it's hard to defend him. You know, he's too strong. He's tall. He's long. He's athletic. He's versatile. Um, and as a basketball player, that's what you want to do. You want to make sure that you try to eliminate every single flaw that you may have. And I think that's what he's working on as his, as his career continues to grow. He's showing that there's not many flaws in his game. And down the stretch, when you have that type of uh, awareness of your, your skill set, it allows you now to be dominant when, when time is needed. He's tough, too. He's got an old-school mentality. Yep. So many things. As, a, as one who grew up, I'm old, much older than you are, Grew up with the game, you know, in the 80s. He would have fit very well into that, right? Just the, the attitude he has, a little bit of nastiness, and I mean that in the best possible way. He's got a lot of that. Yeah, even early 2000s, you know, when I, when I first stepped foot into the NBA, you're playing against guys who, are, who, who were the same way. You had Shaq, you had Garnett and Tim uh-huh. Duncan. These guys were, were, were aggressive bigs who were trying to apply their dominance on the game. And you see this in Giannis now. He's one of those type of players where he came from, seems like he comes from our era, but um, in, th- in today's game, he's shown his dominance in every facet. You know, and you came right out of high school, and you came in much uh, ballyhooed, and, and I lived up to all of it, obviously. What does Kevin Garnett say to you? First time you're playing against him, he's an established star in the league. That's obviously the matchup, right? I mean, you and he are good. Like, is he mean to you? Does he say mean things to you on the court? No, he doesn't say much to me at all uh, really? on the court. But him and Stephon Marbury used to go at it, and uh, then I got tied up in the conversation. Because they had been teammates. Correct. Right. Uh, but, but, yeah, I mean, as my career went on, we started to somewhat develop a trash-talking type uh-huh. of relationship uh, but it only stayed on the basketball court. It was all competitive. Yeah. No, look, I love him. I mean, I, yeah. th- see, to me, that's one of the things that is kind of missing from it now. I, I like that. I, I don't want anyone to hate each other, and I don't want to fight each other. I'm not talking about that. Right. But like a little healthy dislike, you know, and then and then we'll shake hands when it's all said and done. Yeah, that used to be the way it was, and to some degree it still is. But there's an element of it that I, sometimes I think we lose, and I think Giannis has, has it in every conceivable way. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's competitive. The other thing, and let's make this straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless before I run to a couple of other topics with you here. I, I don't think the Warriors' total no-show last night is nothing. Like, I felt like everyone kind of made no big deal of it on the TV show this morning. Uh, Seth Greenberg was saying, and, and I had a call with him before we went on the air. He was like, ah, they'll go home, they'll win it in six. All. 
I don't know. Like, I, I grew up in this business covering the Bulls. Go back and find me the game that, that Michael Jordan's team ever played like that in the playoffs. And they would lose sometimes. But you go find me the game where they didn't show up at all and just said, eh, we'll go home and win it. Like, I don't think it's as easy as that. that they better not mess around and let Memphis be in that game in the third quarter tomorrow night. Otherwise, they may wind up looking back on this thing very differently. I think it's a dangerous game to play. Yeah, it is. You want, you want to take care of business. You want to get the series over as soon as you can. And so um, I do think Golden State might have had the mentality to where, hey, we're going to just go home to Golden State and win there, and we're going to be, want to be fine. But you're right. With a young, hungry team like Memphis, you don't, want to, you don't want to give these guys a chance. If you get into a tight game down the stretch uh, in game six – uh, it's going to be scary for them. So you want to make sure you want to try to take care of that win. But apparently they didn't, weren't able to do that. Um, and so now going into game six, uh, they have to come up with more aggressiveness, more focus and determination to get that win. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. Again, Amari here with us all day, be on all the shows and back again tomorrow. And it's great to have you. For those who are not aware, you were on the coaching staff with the Nets this past season. And you told us on Get Up Today you've decided to go a different direction, so you won't be back with the Nets next year. I just want to set the table with that for the conversation about Kyrie Irving. The general manager, Sean Marks, yesterday came out and had some state. Well, I'll play it. This was the GM of the Nets, Sean Marks, yesterday talking about Kyrie. There's an objective and there's a goal at stake here. And in order to do that, we're going to need availability from everybody. You know, we're looking for guys that want to come in here, be part of something bigger than themselves. Um, play selfless, play team basketball, uh, and be available. And that goes not only for Kyrie, but for, for everybody here. So the, the word choice, availability, something bigger than yourself. And you were there and you were sort of in the middle of it all year long. What, what is your perspective on what he said yesterday? I, I, think, I think he's absolutely right. You, you want to set the tone now for next season. Um, because, you know, with, 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 a, with a player like Kevin Durant on your roster, uh, you want to contend for a championship. You know, every single year, and Kevin and Kevin wants to contend for a championship. I'm, I'm sure he don't like losing. You know, in the sweep against the Celtics, he want to make sure he goes into the all season with with great focus and ready for next season. And you want your other star player, which is Kyrie, to have the same type of mentality. And I think Sean Marks is trying to put his foot forward toward that direction, and he's spot on what he's saying. W- w- would you be? Fully comfortable with that? I mean, Kyrie, if, if Kyrie looks you in the face and says, yes, I'm all in now, I'm going to be available, we hope that all of the you know, the vaccination piece of this, uh, in, in, uh, God willing, will all be behind us by next year. That won't be a factor in all of this. Um, would you feel good about it? Would you feel good going forward with Kyrie? I mean, I wouldn't feel completely confident on taking Kyrie's word. Uh, just the fact of the history of what took place with the Nets and mm-hmm. Kyrie over the years, even before I got there. Um, but I do think if he's uh, truly honest with himself and, and, and he's being honest with the organization um, that he is going to be available for practice and games, then I will be confident with re-signing Kyrie for sure. The great Amari Stoudemire is in my studio. So before I let you go, and you'll be on First Take today and, and all the, the shows here, which we're excited about, um, t- tell me what you expect to see in the games. Let's go through. We have four game sixes on ESPN, two of them tonight, two of them tomorrow night. I'll be here for countdown and all the rest of that. Let's just go through them. So we got to start with Miami at Philly. We'll do them in the order in which they'll be played. What do you expect Miami at Philly tonight? I got Miami winning this game. I, I, think, I think they're a well-oiled machine. I think uh, Eric Spolster and the coaching staff there have those guys prepared for, for game six. Um, I do feel Philly's going to try to put up a big fight. I think Joel Embiid's going to give it all he has. But he has done that already. He's, he's playing through so many injuries right now, and he's trying to carry his team to, uh, to win this series. But I just don't think him alone is going to be enough. 
And then we got Phoenix at Dallas. Mavericks are trying to keep their season alive. Luka at home. What do you expect in that game? I think Phoenix is going to win that game. Uh, I do think that, you know, CP and Devin Booker are going to have, like, great focus on, 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 on that game. I feel like they are uh, uh, willing to, to sacrifice whatever they have to to get the win and move on to the next series. And tomorrow night we will have – uh, oh, Celtics Bucks. So it will be uh, Boston at Milwaukee. Game six. Bucks looking to close it out. What do you expect? I got Celtics. Wow. I got I got I got Boston. I got Boston uh, uh, tying this series up in Milwaukee. Uh, it's going to be a heavy lift for those guys, but I feel like they have the. Uh, the, the great coaching staff to help kind of propel them and get them ready for that game. And I feel like Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown are going to be the guys who carry those, those, th- that team to I win. I do love Ime Udoka. He is a fantastic coach, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he really is an excellent coach. Look, they, they easily could have won. You could almost argue they should have won game three, and then they did win game four. So they certainly can win on that floor. Uh, and then finally, do you expect Golden State to close out Memphis tomorrow night at home? I do. Yeah. I, I, I think so. I think so. I think those guys have too much championship pedigree. Uh, Steve Kerr knows how to get those guys prepared. And, and Steph Curry and, and, and Clay Thompson and, and Draymond Green are all champions. They know how to win. So I think they're going to definitely close out the series. Well, listen, this has been such a pleasure. I, I have really enjoyed having you here. I have so much respect for you as a person, and, and it is just a, a delight to have you. Thank you for doing this, and we will see you tomorrow. No problem. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Samari Stoudemire, and again, he'll be all over all the ESPN shows all day long. Tim Legler will join me live next. We're all over the NBA playoffs. This is Greeny, and you're listening to ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. All right, so I'm going to give all the credit in the world to Tim Legler, who jumps in with us here on ESPN Radio. So uh, when everyone in the world, to my understanding, had given up on the Bucks after they lost home court advantage in this series and after the Celtics, at least to my eye, looked like they had shown to be the better team in this series through three of the first four games. Legler came on Get Up yesterday, doubled down on his pick of Milwaukee, and shouted out his dog, Guinness, uh, in, in belief that it would be, he would have to bring it home for his credibility. And so I texted Legler this morning, you and your dog have to be delighted with the performance of the Bucks yesterday. Let's get him in here, Tim Legler on ESPN Radio. Hello, Legs. Greeny, what's up, man? Listen, it's it's rare. It's rare as it as an analyst covering the entire league that you're you're pulling for one team a little bit, and it only because I was really surprised. Honestly, I was surprised at the the national tone. Like everybody, I felt like 
that thought the Bucks had a chance to win the series going in completely bailed on their chances to win it in a 2-2 series with the best player in the league. It just surprised me, and that's why I was so vociferous in my in my defense of the Bucks, and also in, in actually last night Guinness and I were rooting for the Bucks. That, that that's Guinness, by the way, one of the cutest dogs you've ever seen, who travels with Legler very quickly. Uh, let, let me ask you to explain to everyone: you travel with your dog. Your dog just hangs out in the hotel room and waits for you. I, my dog would not do that. If I left my dog alone in a hotel room for a significant period of time, I would owe the hotel a lot of money for all the things the dog would do in there. Ha, ha, your dog Guinness just travels with you and chills in the room while you're here. Absolutely. And we have two others that could never come because of that reason. They get separation anxiety, you know, you name it. It's just no way. They don't, they don't necessarily react that well to big dogs on the street. Like Guinness, for whatever reason, he's just a different time. Man, he, he, took, he definitely put his stamp on me early on when we brought him home and rescued him, and he just doesn't leave my sight. Greeny, you know, this dog, every single remote hit that I do from home, yeah. when you see me on that camera in my office, he is laying at my feet every time I do my serious radio show, which is, you know, a couple of days a week from 10 to one, he is laying at my feet to the extent that he literally will, I mean, he'll really freak out if I go in that office and I didn't notify him of going in there to do some work. He, I mean, I see his face at the door of my office and he is in a panic state because he's literally like my co-host and he travels with me. He stays, he does not leave the bed in the hotel room. I, you know, I don't leave him more than probably about four hours at a time. I'll get back there to make sure I walk him and stuff. But he'll stay on that bed and curled up and wait for me. And then, you know, up there, I'm done by 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And then we go hit the city and have fun together. A little glimpse behind the curtain of Legler and his dog, Guinness. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. What do your home and auto have in common? They're yours, and Progressive protects them both. Bundle today at Progressive.com. All right, Legs, there's no one I love talking about this stuff with more than you. I want you to explain something. Because we have an outstanding researcher who works on our NBA coverage. You know him. His name is Matt Williams. And he sent out all these stats after the game last night. And here's a statistic on the Celtics that I I find fascinating. And you have to explain to me why it happens. The fact that they have lost both clutch time games in this series should not be a surprise. Because they have been terrible in clutch time throughout the season. They were 29th out of 30 teams in clutch time win percentage. They went 3-9 and nine this year in games decided by three points or fewer, the same record as the Rockets, who finished with the worst record in the NBA. In the two games in this series that have been decided by three points or fewer, Milwaukee won them both. Why Legs is a team that has superstars and is so well coached, why do they always seem to struggle in clutch time? I think the biggest reason is Greeny is great as Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are, and I'll focus more on Tatum because he's going to be the guy that's going to really determine matters most nights, and he's the guy that I've been repeatedly talking about pulling the seat up to the table of the top you know, five players or so in the league. And his game ultimately is going to translate into some sort of a very difficult contested jump shot in those situations. He is not a guy uh, that in those situations is going to be able to necessarily use his strength uh, to play through contact off the dribble, which there's going to be a lot of it in those situations, and get to the rim, get to the line, get something high percentage in that area of the court. It's more likely going to be a contested mid-range 18-footer with someone draped on you, or it's going to be a deep three in that situation. You know, you contrast that with a team like the Bucks. They've got you know, two different guys 
that are so physically strong, Drew Holiday and Giannis, they're going to get to spots on the floor that give them a better chance to get something high percentage, whether it's at the rim or at the line, in addition to, you know, being able to make at least, you know, enough of a percentage of perimeter shots that you have to play them honestly. So I really think, and I've been saying that about Boston's offense for several years with Tatum and Brown. And it was better this year because Ime Udoka put in more off-ball action. He put in more weak side action to start plays. He, he got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown moving more before they caught the ball than they had in the past. But under Brad Stevens, it was, it was really very much a, a, a couple of guys that would take 50 shots to get 60 points. And it wasn't efficient because they shoot a lot of tough twos. And Ime Udoka has been better about that, getting them moving first. But at the end of the day, their frames and their skill set indicate they're more comfortable getting to some spot on the floor for a jump shot with a guy hanging on you in those situations. And there's going to be contact and all kinds of things that aren't called the rest of the game. And I really think that's the biggest byproduct of why that is. Greeny and Legler in the NBA playoffs are here on ESPN Radio as well. Tonight we'll have Sixers Heat presented by Indeed. Coverage starts 6.30 Eastern on most of these ESPN radio stations. Again, we've got all the game sixes. Every one of these series has gone to a sixth game, and we will have all of them uh, between tonight and tomorrow on ESPN TV for you. So, uh, again, you picked Milwaukee in six before the series. I, I, I know that because you wanted your prediction to be right, we joked around about your celebrating. But I know you – I want to make it clear for anyone because we'll get the notes from Boston. You're not rooting for anybody one way or the other. Of course not. Yeah, How do you I bounce know. back? And I'm sure – and that's why I don't, I don't right. sit there and, and go and pour over my social – media I, yeah i know people get upset right have a little fun i predicted the bucks to win the series and i know that that offends fans of teams and it's so silly to me why an analyst that i think i'm pretty good at what i do i don't i don't just throw stuff out there for a hot take i put a lot of thought into it and i thought the bucks could win the series and if you recall what i said on the show yesterday i said i am banking on the greatness of Giannis Antetokounmpo and i also said two guys needed to make an appearance in this series. I said, Drew Holiday was not going to continue to be held down like this. He's too good of a player. Well, he pretty much did everything last night, including two of the best clutch time defensive plays you are ever going to see back-to-back. Also came through in a big way offensively. And the other guy I said on your show yesterday was Bobby Portis. Mm -hmm. I said, the guy's averaging average 15 points a game in the five games prior to those last two when he had 13 total. He's too important. He energizes their team. He gives them life. He got on the glass last night also, which is a way to get yourself some points. So Portis and Holiday did what they had to support a superstar who, by the way, also managed to drop 40. And that's why I made the pick. I, I believe in Giannis. He's the, I think right now, I texted someone last night, Greeny, I think he's the toughest athlete on the planet. He is the mental and physical toughness that Giannis Antetokounmpo shows and the relentlessness separate him. And that's what I was betting on when I when I thought they would win the series even without Middleton. And look, by the way, this isn't over. I mean, they got they still got to go close the deal. They could easily lose this thing in seven games. I'm not going to be shocked if Boston wins two games. But I my belief all along was that the Bucks would somehow prevail because of him. And and so then let's go to Game Six tomorrow night in Milwaukee because to me. I may be just prisoner of the moment, but this has been the most compelling series, really, I thought, from the beginning of the four, um, because they seem so evenly matched. And to the point you made yesterday, it feels like whoever wins this emerges as as the best team and will wind up in the finals. Obviously, the Heat or the Sixers will have a lot to say about that. The point I'm making is 
The Celtics can go back to Milwaukee saying, we probably should have won game three there. We did win game four there. We let a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter slip away last night. I feel like the Celtics can go into Milwaukee with a reasonable amount of confidence. What do they need? You told me what Milwaukee needed to win last night. What do the Celtics need to win tomorrow night? Well, I think one big thing that they that they, they needed last night was, you know, they, they've got to do a better job of making sure they secure the ball key moments. I expect this, to again, to be a one-possession game. I agree with what you said about these two teams. It's, it's a shame. And, look, I've already ticked off the people in Boston. I might as well go ahead and just take care of the rest of the conference. I think I'm going to make <laughs> people in Miami and Philly mad, too, because I completely agree. Whoever wins this series is getting to the finals. And I said to someone I was watching the game with last night, it's a shame these two teams are playing in the second round because this is, this is the most compelling series by far. Uh, and I think it, it, end up, it actually could be even when, this, when the finals are over, we might still be saying that. Like the matchup going in was such a razor thin coin toss type of situation. So for Boston, it's going to come down to little plays, managing those moments, coming up with a defensive rebound when you have to have it, making sure that you have ball security at a critical time, getting the shot you want at the right time. Even the play that Holiday made on, on Smart last night and that, that block from behind, which was amazing. Did you hear Marcus Smart's explanation after the game? Yeah. Well, I was kind of down on the block. No one got open, and we were going to get a five-second call, so I just broke out, caught it, and then I just you know, I figured out how to do something with it. I mean, that's not exactly late game you know, execution in a critical time on a possession. So for them, it's cleaning up the details. you got this relentless guy that's coming at you for 48 minutes, so you know that they're never going away. And down 14, I didn't feel great about you know, me picking the bucks. I'll be honest with you, the fourth quarter. But I still watched that guy just keep coming and keep coming. And so you know it's going to be a situation where it's going to be tight. You've got to manage those situations better than they have. Boston, you know, there but for a couple of possessions, yeah, you're right. Maybe they got a commanding lead. Maybe this thing's already over. But at the same time, Greedy, I said this yesterday. Game one, Milwaukee led the entire second half. Game mm-hmm. three, they led for 20 of the 24 minutes in the second half. Game four, they had a 10-point lead in the third quarter. So, you know, while you can come up with, hey, looks like Boston's outplayed him, I'm looking at it like, say, Milwaukee's been in control or at least right there with the best player on the floor in, in four of the five games in the second half when you need to be. So I, I look at them making the plays down the stretch that matter, and Boston's going to have to figure out a way to clean that up. Greeny and Legs with me here on ESPN Radio. You know, starting stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone with AutoZone. Let me get a a couple of quick thoughts on tonight. Sixers at home, um, hardened under the spotlight, Embiid, the walking wounded, doing what he can, Uh, the Heat looking to close it out on the road tonight. The Heat, I mean, uh, the Sixers really looked like they limped out of that building the other night, and we didn't love the fire that they showed in the postgame press conferences for whatever that's worth. What do you expect tonight? As bad as the performance was, I was much more concerned about everything that was said after, and not just what they were saying. The fact they were using phrases like not being engaged, not having energy, not having enough enough fight. I I mean, that's for shocking enough in a 2-2 series, okay? But it was it was actually more how resigned they were, eyes down, very low volume in their voices. Like, it looked beaten. Now I'll say this. That's right after the moment. That's embarrassing. You've got 48 hours, and now I'm, I'm here now. I'm in, I'm in that area. 
um, and I'm picking up the tone on it, just listening to what fans are saying and what's going on out there. And I definitely feel, and the team even, I, what they're saying, I feel like they're going to have a big response tonight. I, I think that they're going to get this to a game seven. The one thing about Miami, they don't have a lot of firepower. Like they're, they're not going to play in a way that's going to run away from you. The other night, the Sixers gave it to them because they were not prepared to fight. That's not normally the case with the Heat. They're going to methodically beat you. So I think, I think the Sixers, they're going to be in the game. And if that's the case, I think Joel Embiid's the differentiating factor. And now I'll say this, same thing I said before the playoffs started. If tomorrow the headline for the Sixers is James Harden, that is a bad thing. Mm. If the headline is Joel Embiid or Tyrese Maxey or both, that's a great thing for the Sixers. Because I think if we're talking about Harden tomorrow, it's not going to be in a flattering way. So that's what I would look for tonight. Maxey needs to get off early. And Bede, you know, it's, God bless him what he's playing through. He needs to be great tonight. And then Harden can just not be awful. Just be solid. Even if you are more of a playmaker, Maxie and Bede are the guys that have to pull this thing to a seventh game. And I, and I think they will. I, I feel good about their resolve tonight. Uh, awesome. And then quickly, Legs, how about Luca at home tonight? Does he keep that thing alive or does Phoenix wrap it up in six? Yeah, it's going to be interesting because they clearly, last game in the second half in particular, they targeted their three-point shooters, and, and, and that thing got away from them pretty quickly. So it's definitely pick your poison with them. If, if Monty Williams continues to employ that, I mean, it might take 45 to 50 out of Luka to win that game. I do think, based on how good their defense has been in that building, I think Dallas also gets it to a seventh game. So we got a good shot at two of them on Sunday. Yeah, we could have three. Uh, I, I can tell you right now, the three, those two plus Milwaukee, Boston, if there is a game seven, those three would be Sunday. If Golden State Memphis has a game seven, that would be Monday. Legs, congratulations to you and Guinness. Enjoy your travels, and we will see you soon. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, Greeny. You right, got right, it. Man. Legs, terrific. I mean, no, no one is better at all this stuff. We'll have plenty more basketball as we continue. But coming up next, some scheduling stuff that I think is very interesting and a fascinating question from the NFL. We'll bring in the assembled members of the Hashtag Crew. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, Greeny, we roll along with you here on ESPN Radio. Most of the focus, of course, on the NBA playoffs right now, which are awesome, and we will get back to those here. We've had Amari Stoudemire and Tim Legler on the show. 
uh, so far. But let me bring in the assembled members of the hashtag crew, which means Bubba and Nuno, who are both here. Gentlemen, how we doing? I'm good. I'm good. Bubba, are you otherwise occupied? I mean, do you not have a moment to respond quickly there or was, something else going on I don't know about? I was waiting for Nuno to respond. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how to react to how you're doing. You know, how you guys doing is kind of like. We're a finely tuned machine here, boys. I'm that's, doing that's, great. Uh, so let me, let me ask you. So, so here's what. So schedule release night tonight, NFL. You know, it's a big deal. It, it is a perfect example of how much and how obsessed we are with football. Because they're really only telling us things we already know, for the most part. Like, people are like, oh, I can't wait to see who we're playing. And then, of course, the reality is you already know who you're playing. Now you're just going to find out when. And yet, like anyone else, I'm fascinated by it. I won't be able to watch it tonight because I'll be doing the NBA games here. Um, but, I, of course, I do find it interesting. And, and they announced uh, today, I think NBC announced that they will have week four Sunday night. They'll have Tampa, Kansas City. So we'll get all this stuff. But in the midst of all the football stuff... Here, we came up with a really interesting question the other day, and sometimes I will admit that even after 30 years as a radio talk show host, I can learn something. So I saved something for like the last three minutes of the show the other day because I thought it was just kind of a throwaway thought. And for the rest of my day, that's all anyone commented on. And everyone that I saw the rest of that day and you know, picking up a sandwich or whatever it might be, everyone wanted to talk about the question we raised, Bubba, about Dallas. So I want to reset the table on that. Yeah. So Bubba is a Dallas Cowboys fan, but he doesn't live in Dallas. And so your perspective on this is a little different. But the mayor of Dallas is saying, we want a second football team here. Someone brought up the question, what what city should get an NFL expansion team? And the mayor of Dallas said, how about us? We're about to be the third biggest city in America. We're football obsessed down here. We should have a third team. We should have a second team. And so I asked Bubba the question, would you want that? Would you root for that team? But you're really not the right person to ask because you're not. The fact that you root for the Cowboys has nothing to do with civic pride. It's not a Dallas thing. Right. But it did make me start to wonder. And I I had enough people react to me about this, Nuno, that I think it's a question worth bringing up again. If you live in a one-team town, for example, Chicago. Chicago is the biggest city in America that doesn't have two NFL teams. Do you want another one? Would you root for another one? Chicago, I worked there for, uh, for seven years. I lived there for 11 years. It is still my second home. I'm there all the time. Chicago is a Bears town first and foremost. So, I mean, Jordan made them crazy with the Bulls, and the Cubs thing was the Cubs thing. But at the end of the day, that is first, last, and always a Bears town. So it's a fascinating question to me, Nuno. If they put another team there, the Chicago I don't even, Guardians, whatever it might be. <laughs> Whatever team they put, do you just automatically root for them because they're in your city? I don't know what the answer to that question is, Nuno, but I think it's fascinating. Uh, I think my first reaction would be no, right? Because we've seen it. It's funny, you know, New York, right? They The Nets were in New Jersey, which was it's a metropolitan or however you want to classify it. And it was, oh, they're going to move to Brooklyn and everyone's going to be all in on the Nets. And that hasn't happened. And I think with football, it's probably, and especially in a city like Chicago, that like there's no way in hell that like if you're rooting for another team, if they moved into your city. I think if if you're in a place like Chicago, Dallas is probably trickier because there's a lot of people moving into that area. So maybe you get people who don't have an association with the team that's, you know, with the Cowboys because they're perennial losers uh, that you just decide to root for the new team. (laughs) Uh, I love Nuno sneaking that in. See here, Bubba, here's what I can tell you. 
Yeah. So I, I've lived all my life in either New York or Chicago. Chicago has two baseball teams. There is more vitriol, I'm here to tell you, between the Cubs and the White Sox fans than there is between Yankee and Met fans. There is. Yeah. There, there just is. There is more active animosity about the Cubs-White Sox thing than there is about the Yankee-Met thing. I'm not saying Yankee and Met fans love each other, but there's infinitely more. So, so I guess what I'm saying is usually you put a second team, or when there is a second team in town, you love one and hate the other. Right, Bubba? That's the standard. So if you put another team in Dallas, would the fans all of a sudden hate them because they're Cowboy fans? This is fascinating to right. me. Right. I mean, that, cause that's the thing. At first, I was thinking, oh, add like an AFC team, and then you'd be like, oh, okay, I'll root for the second team, and that would just be my AFC team. But Because it's weird just to add a team now in 2022. But because, yeah, if you're thinking Jets, Giants, no, there's no none of those teams. You don't like both teams. I mean, some people do, but you, you mock those people. You don't like the Cubs <laughs> and the White Sox. You don't like the Jets and the Giants. You don't like the Yankees and Mets. So my first thought was, oh, you get a Dallas team and then the Cowboys fans, oh, they'll root for the AFC team, but they're still going to stay Cowboys fans. But that's not really how it's going to work. You'd almost have to just become a whatever, yeah, you know, Guardians fan or whatever, whatever this so-called Dallas team is going to be. And that's going to be really – that's going to be crazy because then you're really saying generations growing up in Dallas are not going to be Cowboys fans because they're choosing this AFC team. And they're going to be like, oh, no, way back in the day, you know, when my grandfather was growing up in the in 2022, he, he became an – he was an AFC fan. He wasn't a Cowboys fan. Right. And that's how it started. And it – it's, it's crazy to think that's how, that's how it would go. It, I think it would have to start that. That's why I think doing it would be a bad idea. It's a hard nut to crack. Right. Because, like, like here's what I would say. And, Nuno, I don't know if, if, if you could say this. You don't hate the Jets, do you? Because the Jets are not the Giants' rival. No. I, I have, don't hate the Giants yeah. because the Giants are not the Jets' rival. Right? You hate the Patriots. When the Giants beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, I celebrated. I danced like it was 1999. You know what I'm saying, Noons? Because that that that's the rivalry. The rivalry is not the intercity thing. Yeah, no, I have no issue with the Jets. Uh, I'm too busy focusing on the teams in my division to hate. Where that's it's what like, I mean. you yeah, hate like, the Cowboys, you hate the Eagles. You don't care yes. about the Jets one way or the other. Exactly. If they have success, you know, that's you know good for them. Because I have a lot of friends that actually I feel bad for that suffer with this team because they fool themselves year after year after year thinking this is the year that it's going to happen. So I would like to see some sort of success for him. See, I feel like that was sort of another slap there. I, I feel like you did was, manage yes. to work in every time a, a sort of a, 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 a deceptively hidden slap at Bubba and at me in that conversation. Either way, it's such an interesting question. If you are the fan of a team in your city and they offered you another team in your city, would you want it? I think the answer might be no. Back in a moment on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.